greet your neighbors. God is so good, isn't he? Yeah, God is so good. Amen. Even if our circumstances doesn't say God is good, God is good. God is good. That's the only absolute truth that does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as long as we hold on to that truth, then every circumstance will follow its follow God. The circumstances will change, and it will always, always go God's way, God's will. All right? So stick on God's truth. He is the same yesterday and forever. He is true all the time. He never changes. He never lies. Amen. So... That's quick counseling. Say, hey, God is good. Okay, God is good. Just keep yourself focused on that truth. Father, again, thank you so much for this beautiful morning. And I pray, God, that as we do our communion, that we would realize the importance of what we're about to do. Lord, we thank you, first of all, for the tithes and offerings, how you have just consistently and faithfully provided for this church so that we could continue with the operation of your uh, kingdom. And Lord, again, thank you even for those who are descending from far away, Lord, who are not here physically, but they have been consistent in giving since COVID started last year. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you have been faithful. You have brought people our way so that they would support us in this, this journey of sharing and preaching the gospel to all the nations, Lord, through live streams. Again, thank you for the tithes and offerings, Lord. And we're careful to give it back to you, Lord. It is you. You know our needs. You know everything about us. And we can never outgive you. As long as we are faithful, we know, Lord, that you will put food on that table that you, Lord God, will secure our lives, Lord. And it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time, Lord. So again, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And again, Father, for this message I'm about to uh, share to your people, Lord, quicken their hearts. Let there be a heart of humility, a heart, Lord God, of worship, a teachable spirit, Lord, for what you're about to do this morning, that people will be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Lord God. Again, thank you. Thank you for great and mighty move you're about to do today. And we give back the glory to you all in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen and Amen. Okay, get your um, communion elements. Just open up with me, but don't eat it yet because I'm just going to read a scripture. And after that, um, I'm going to go to the message. But let's do this communion. Say, Pastor, why do you only... Is this always once a month? Yes, it's once a month. I mean, you could do this every day if you want. Okay? But the purpose is to remember... There's no power in just drinking this. No, this is to remember what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, all right? The spilling of his blood, the sacrifice of his body, hallelujah. All this to represent a new covenant that only through him and his blood that we will be saved. Not by our good works and 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 
whatever beliefs we have, we have only one true understanding. God is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Now, if you are not yet saved, okay, for people in the live stream, you don't have to have exactly what we have. Just get any bread, whether it be wheat or white, it doesn't matter, okay? Or pandisal, just, just get a bread, cracker, rich cracker if you need to. Get a juice, okay? If there's no juice, get water, all right? Because we're going to do this together, all right? This is all to remember what Jesus did on that cross. So go ahead and uh, get your uh, food, your bread, and water, okay? So let me read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, chapter 11, verse 21. Excuse me, verse 23. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take this bread, okay? And let's remember that Jesus sacrificed his life so that we may be saved. And through Jesus, we all become one body. Where Jesus is the head and we are his body. When we partake of this, it's showing that we have received Jesus in our lives as Lord and Savior. That we are not our own anymore. We are God's. And that we are now incorporated in one body. Amen. When you eat this, you are one family. Jesus is the head. Amen? Let's take this bread together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus on that garden of Gethsemane, you knew that it's going to be hard from then on. That your body will be broken. It will be, it will be destroyed and you will be hanging on that cross. But the greatest pain of all is that you will be carrying the sins of the world. And yet you said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But take this cup away from me. And he said it three times. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Take this cup away from me. Not my will, but your will be done. Lord, take this cup away from me. Not my will, your will be done. What great love, Jesus. What great love, Father. Death must come so that there will be life. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Hallelujah. Verse 25, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, or the new promise. In my blood, do this whenever you drink of it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This juice or water, if you're, if you're at home, you have no juice, represents this communion. The drink represents the bleeding of Jesus Christ, the pouring of that blood. When they poke his heart, 
there was fluid in his lungs, in his heart, and blood came out. And, and that was the pouring of the blood. And that blood represented the washing away of the sin. The sin cannot be removed by just obeying God. The sin had to be removed by the washing of our sin with the blood of Christ. And that is where you will be saved, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not our obedience to the law, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. And how do we do it? By receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. And His blood then is, is washes away our sins. So let's take this together signifying that we have already received Christ and that the blood of Christ has washed away our sins. Together now. That's two. Lord, when you... When you're on that cross, when everything was done, you said it was finished and you gave up your spirit. Thank you. Thank you that you gave your life. Thank you that you spilled your blood that we may be saved. And Lord, you are coming back to take us home. And if we go ahead, Lord God, then you will welcome us into heaven. Thank you for the glorious, glorious hope that we have that we will never fear death. But Lord, there will be great rejoicing because we will go back to you our true Father, our Creator. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful future we have ahead with you in Christ alone. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Why don't we just keep that music pl flowing while we're, I'm preaching? I, I, I like it. Yeah. I think we'll, well, we'll just keep that playing. Let's experiment and see what happens. I can get emotional, you know, when there's a background music. So when you watch soap opera, and once they start that music, it's like, oh my gosh, I, you better get a handkerchief now. This is where tears will fall. You know, when the drama's there, there's no emotions yet. But once they put that little music behind, it's okay, there we go. This is it. Not that we're manipulated by this music, but then this music has, puts that, puts us, it, yeah, the, the music is a worship in itself. And it creates that atmosphere of presence. Of God's presence. Amen. My topic today is this. The most important thing in church. The most important thing in the church. Okay. The most important thing I believe in the church today is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, why? Why? Because... So that we can effectively fulfill the great commission. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit as exhibited by Jesus Christ. Without the Holy Spirit, Jesus could have not done the ministry he was called to do. In Acts 10 verse 38, it says this. Acts 10 verse 38. How good, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Okay? Again, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went through doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. Because the Holy Spirit was with the with what was with Jesus Christ. Here, Peter. Here, Peter was talking here. And if you read the book of Acts, uh, on this chapter, chapter Acts ten, Peter was talking, and Jesus, and Peter was saying this. Apostle Peter was saying this that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power. See, Acts ten thirty eight. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. In Jesus' divine nature, in Jesus' God nature, he needed nothing. He, needed, he, did, he didn't need the power because he was already complete. He was full. He lacked nothing. He didn't need the power because he was the power. All power of eternity was his. Okay, In his God nature, he didn't need the power all authority, the power was his. However, in the human nature, and that was the nature that he, he lived his life here on earth. In the human nature, in his flesh, he had, men, he had the limitations of a natural man. He had the limitations of a human being. So in his human nature, he received the power from the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish the mission that he was called to do. Can I hear an amen? As a human being, according to Philippians 4, he stripped himself and he became, he humbled himself in a human flesh. In his human nature, in his human flesh, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit. But when he went back to the right hand of the Father and he resumed his God nature, all authority was his. But he also brought his human nature with him while sitting at the right hand of the Father. He had this dual nature of God and human. Therefore, he is able to understand the human beings when they cry out in prayer because he was a human being and, and he experienced that. And then he is able to talk to the Father as the Son of God, as God. He was able to sit at the right hand of the Father. No one can sit at the right hand of the Father if they too were deity. But there is no three deities. There's one deity. Three persons, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He mediated, interceded as a human being, talked to the Father as the Son of God. Amen? Okay. The same Holy Spirit 
that was with Jesus when Jesus preached the gospel, when Jesus lived a holy and obedient life, when Jesus performed tons of miracles, the same Holy Spirit is now with us. Okay. In John 16 verse 7, it says this, But very truly I tell you, all right, it is for you, for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. The same Holy Spirit that walked with me, now before I release Him to you guys, I must go back to my Father, sit at the right hand, and I will send the Holy Spirit to you with a whole new, whole new uh, uh, job description. Now He's going to be with you. He was with me, but now He will be with you. All right, and in book of Acts chapter 2, if you read the book of Acts chapter 2, we see that this promise has been fulfilled where now Jesus pours the Holy Spirit upon the first 120 followers of Christ. And it begins wherein now the outpouring the Holy Spirit is now upon the flesh, upon the body of Christ. Amen. Before Jesus was crucified though, before he was crucified, he said that greater things will you do in my name. Look in John 14 verse 12. It says there, verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Why? Because I am going to the Father and that's when I send the Holy Spirit. And when I send the Holy Spirit and outpour the Holy Spirit upon my flesh, then thousands, millions of Christians will be moving in the Holy Spirit. And greater things will you do because when I was on earth, it was just me working. It was just me. But now that I'm going to the Father and I send the Holy Spirit and He will baptize and pour and be poured upon every Christian, my whole body will do great things now because all around the world people will be moving in my power in the power of the Holy Spirit great things will you do than I did because now you will function corporately as a body of Christ simultaneously all around the world the Holy Spirit will be working through you and great things will you do in my name Amen Praise the Lord now, there are five reasons I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the most important thing in this church. First, this. It was Jesus' last message to the church. People say the last message of Jesus Christ is when Jesus said, Go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wasn't it the last message before he ascended? No, there was a few more things that Jesus said after he said, Go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, I mean, Jesus could have talked. Now that I'm leaving, I have to talk to you about. I have to talk to you about church growth. I have to talk to you about relationship, about family. I have to talk to you about persecution that's going to come to you. I have to talk about giving because you need to give so that my work will. He had to. He he had so many things he could have talked about, but no. In his last message, just after go make disciples of of all nations, there's one more message he said, and that message is in Book of Acts chapter one verse eight. It says this, okay? Go ahead and in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But if you, 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you then will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go, he says, go make disciples of all nations. And then later on he said, but don't go yet. Don't go yet. Wait for the promise of my Father that I will give you. But I will give it to you when I go back to heaven. And then I will give it to you. And when I give this gift my Father promise, then, then you can now fulfill the Great Commission by starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But wait for the Holy Spirit that I'm about to pour in your lives. Amen? Instead, Jesus spoke about this baptism in the Holy Spirit, this gift of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And this Spirit, this Holy Spirit, He has one major purpose with the baptism. It was to empower the Christians to fulfill the Great Commission. This promise of this baptism in the Holy Spirit or empowerment of the Holy Spirit was to empower, to embolden, to strengthen, to make effective the church in evangelizing and sharing the word of God. Therefore, remember when Jesus was sharing the good news, he incorporated signs and wonders. He incorporated healing the sick. Because the people needed to know, yeah, you talk a good message, but can you, can you heal our wound? Can you heal our pain? Can you heal the crippled? Can you bring the blind uh, sight to the blind? I mean, you, you, you talk about heaven, but give me proof that you, that you came from heaven. And that's why Jesus said here, okay, bring out your sick. Let me heal the blind. Let me, Lazarus come out. I mean, where, bring him out. Not only will I can forgive sin, but I will heal the sick. Forgiveness and healing will be part. Of, and that's what's going to come with you guys. When we go out, we're not only going to, to evangelize, to share the good news, but we can lay hands on the sick and believe that God's going to bring healing and deliverance to these people. So they will realize that what we say is from above because there is, there is this evidence that there's power behind that message. There's power behind this message of the good news. It's not just how eloquent you speak, but how powerful is your prayer when you lay hands on the sick. That there is this evidence that you come, your message comes from above. Remember what Mark says? And these signs will follow. You will lay hands on the sick. They will be healed. You will declare, bring healing and deliverance to the, to, 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 to the possessed. I mean, even if you accidentally drink poison, you're, you're not going to die. But all these things, you will speak in tongues. All these things shall follow those who believe. Because it's part of preaching the good news. And that part of empower, that part of miracle comes from the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so let's go to letter B. Okay, A was Jesus' last message. The second one, second of five reasons why I believe the baptism is the most important thing in the church today is this. It was Paul's first message to the twelve Ephesians, Ephesian disciples. That's his first message. 
Paul's first message to Ephesus, to the Ephesian disciples was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Okay, look at this. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7. I'm going to read this quickly because there's going to be a lot of verses I'm going to share to you. And I want to back it up with all verses, okay. Acts 19, verse 1 to um, 3. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? I mean, some say, well, pastor, when you believe, isn't the Holy Spirit automatically in you? Well, no, 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 no. It's different. When you believe, you are born in the Spirit. But that does not mean you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right? And here Paul is saying, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Uh, well, did I have already the Holy Spirit? No, no. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked then, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Well, what's John's baptism? John's baptism is the baptism of repentance. When you repent and call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are born again. But now you go to this baptism of water as a symbol that when you dive into that, when you submerge into that water, it's that you died with Christ. And then when you come out of that water, it means you are a new person. You are a new creation. You have been washed. That water is like the cleansing. That water is like the blood of Christ. When you die, when you come in, you die. When you come out, the blood blood washes you and now you are new free you are now the, you are now an owner of Christ uh, Christ owns you that's baptism in water it's proving that you receive Christ as lord and savior but there's a different type of baptism Jesus baptism is there another one here you go in verse 4 Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance he told the people to believe in the one who coming after him that is in Jesus on hearing this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ here they were now baptized in the spirit when Paul placed his hands on them the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke what did they do they, they, they spoke spoke in tongues and prophesied there are about 12 men in all see that was the sign that they were baptized in the holy spirit because they spoke in tongues the same way that the 120 when they were in that upper room when they were praying they spoke in tongues when the holy spirit was poured upon them they spoke in tongues and in many areas in the book of acts when people were baptized in the holy spirit people saw them speaking in tongues as proof that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not baptized um, water baptism, but baptized in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit baptism. So again, if these disciples were to, to really evangelize Ephesus and Asia Minor... Then they needed to be empowered. And Paul said that. They needed, saw that. So he needed to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. So that they will be able to be, to be able to share the gospel. They needed John's baptism. Proof that they were born again. But they also needed the Holy Spirit baptism for empowerment. All right. 
Okay, let's go. Let her see. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even Virgin Mary. Sorry. Okay, Mary waited with the others. He was one of the first. He was one of the first. He was. He belonged to the 120 who were who who received the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the for the first time in Acts chapter one verse. 13 to 14, it says this. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the roof. The 120 followers of Christ. Where they were staying, those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Even Jesus' brothers were there too, seeking the baptism, seeking this gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus had brothers. Mary did not remain a virgin. After conceiving Jesus Christ, she continued to conceive other, uh, 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 the siblings of Jesus Christ with Joseph. But here, Mary was there. So what I'm saying here is this. If Mary, who was, a very, was chosen, was a special person chosen amongst women to bear Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then... What about us? If she needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, she wanted this gift, this empowerment that the Father was promising. If she wanted it, she needed it, even though she was selected amongst women to, to, to bear the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Then what more we? Luke chapter 1 verse 28 says this. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The angel was talking to Mary. Okay? So I want to input that there that um, Mary needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What more us? All right? Let's go to letter D. It is one promise in the Bible referred to as the promise of the Father. It was one promise in the Bible referred to as the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says this. All right. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This is Jesus talking. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. This verse indicates that this baptism in the Holy Spirit is so special, so important, so significant. It is separate from being born again. It is subsequent to salvation. Meaning to say, you need to be saved first and then be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? There's two gifts of the Father. His gift to the world is Jesus Christ. His gift to the believers is the Holy Spirit. All right? By means of baptism in the Holy Spirit. The gift of God to the world is His Son, Jesus Christ. That whoever believes in Christ will not perish but have eternal life. But now His gift to the believers is the Holy Spirit. Wait till I give you that gift so that you'll be able to fulfill the great commission. Wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that accompanied my son. 
He will be the one to now accompany you when my son comes back to me. And say, well, well, pastor, is this automatic? Every Christian will be baptized? No, no, because you need to ask for it. You need to ask for this gift. Unfortunately, those who don't believe in this baptism and I'm teaching, and this teaching is under is is is, is propagated. Pastor, what 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 church are you? What 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 denomination are you in? Pastor, is this just you speaking? No, this is the this is the the doctrine of the of the assemblies of God. We are assemblies of God, Pentecostal church, classical Pentecostal church. It is the doctrine of the church of God. It is the doctrine of the four square. And those who doesn't believe in this teaching, this type of interpretation, will not receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because they're, they're never going to ask the Holy Spirit baptism. But if you do ask for this gift, Jesus will give you this gift. Now, Pastor, uh, is it... Can it happen the moment you receive, the, the, receive Jesus Christ? Yes. I've seen people after they said the sinner's prayer. All of a sudden they start shaking. And then they speak in tongues. This is baptism go before or after the water baptism. It can happen anytime. Just the moment you receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Can, you can be baptized immediately at that moment after you receive, the, receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You can receive the baptism before the water baptism or after the water baptism. But you'll never receive the baptism before you receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Did I confuse you? The only requirement for you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this gift of God, the Holy Spirit, is that you receive Christ as Lord and Savior. That you're born again. And then you will receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit if you ask. I'm trying to make it as clear as possible. All right. Clear as possible. Okay, the last one is this. Jesus himself chose to minister only through the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. He will not move without the work, without the Holy Spirit with him. You see, that's why he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive this baptism. But once you receive the gift of my Father, which I'm going to give to you, then you can leave Jerusalem and start this ministry of evangelism and witnessing. See, Jesus was empowered with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. In Luke 3, verse 21 to 22, it says this. When all the people were baptized. Okay, this is Jesus being baptized through John the Baptist. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bold, in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Then 
in the next verse, verse 23, uh, you, and, and next on, you, you'd see that he began his ministry. Only when he was baptized, he was baptized in water. And then after that, when he came out of the water, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dis, uh, disappeared, came upon him like a dove. And then after that, that's when he went into the wilderness. And guess who led him to the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. It's like saying, okay, check me out, Jesus. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do something here now. I'm going to immediately allow Satan to tempt you. And not just with an apple like Adam. I'm gonna, he's going gonna to attempt, attempt you big time while you're hungry. I mean, Adam, he was attempted when, when, he, when, when Eve offered that apple. Mm, I like that apple. Hey, you ate that? I am. He was not pressured in a sense, but he ate. But now, Adam, now Jesus, this time Satan is going to tempt you with three different major temptations. And now you're going to do it while you are hungry and weak. But this is where you're going to rely on me. The Holy Spirit probably will be saying that to Jesus Christ. Because this is where you begin. That when you start your ministry, it's going to be reliance on me. Je the Holy Spirit led Jesus. See? Into the wilderness. And after the wilderness, look and look. Luke 4, verse 14. After the wilderness, look at this. Jesus returned to Galilee in the what? In the power of the Holy Spirit. And the news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. I mean, but pastor, the Holy Spirit just descended like a dove. Was that the baptism? Well, probably, yes. Because look, that, look, now in the power of this, he now... In the power of the Holy Spirit, he was led to the wilderness. He, he overcome the, the temptations of Satan. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, now he, he, he goes into Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we were talking about the Holy Spirit. Baptism is about empowerment. About power. And look in Luke 4, verse 16 to 19. It says this. He went to Nazareth. The same thing in Luke chapter 4. Okay, a while ago, this baptism in water and, and, and the Holy Spirit was in Luke chapter 3. And after that, he, he moves on to the wilderness. And then Luke 4, he, he goes to Galilee and he goes to Nazareth. And where, look at this in Nazareth. He went to Nazareth where he had been bought, brought up. And, uh, and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to, the, to read and the scroll of the prophets Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolled it, he found the place. Hmm, where is Isaiah here? Okay, a place where it is written. And here, this, where it's, it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. See, the Spirit of the Lord is now upon me and he has anointed me. Okay, where am I here? I got lost. Oh. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, I proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There you go. This is now my mission. Now that I have been prepared for this, I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is what I'm about to do. Amen? And guess what? When Jesus went up, he said, you are going to do exactly what I 
came to do. Now you will continue with it while I sit at the right hand of the Father. But you will do it as a corporate body in the power of the Holy Spirit. You too, Christian, will proclaim the good news. You will set the, the, you will set the prisoners free. You will lay hands and bring healing and deliverance to those who are sick. You will do it. But in, is it in your strength? No. No. In what? The power of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Father. Amen. You will now continue what I have begun. And all of this is packed in in the great commission. Go and make disciples and teach them and do the things that I have showed you. I have shown to you and teach you. Do these things. Go now, but do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. He performed his ministries in the power of the Holy Spirit. I read this before, but I got to reinforce this. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this. All right. Go ahead. Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Because the Holy Spirit was with him. My gosh, the devil knows the power that you have. All he's trying to do is intimidate you. But if he can just kind of, he's like shocking you. Oh man, I hope he doesn't recognize that he has the power of God. I hope I can just intimidate him so that he doesn't speak. If he speaks, I'm dead. So probably the demon that's assigned to you saying, oh, if I could scare him, if I could just tweak and touch his pride and his fear and just cease, cause him to not step forth. Unfortunately, those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit will say, no, none of that. I'm going I'm to go ahead. Just as Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are more prone now to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. People are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not, there's a stronger tendency for them to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will do it, Lord. I will face the devil. Don't ever say, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They say, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. You have been deceived if you say, I can't do it. See, Jesus did this in order to be an example for us as we continue to minister, to touch lives, to preach the gospel, to teach, to counsel. Jesus has provided an example by which with the Holy Spirit, you are able to do exactly what Jesus did. John 14 verse 26 says this. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, okay, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And in addition, and He will remind to you what God, Jesus has done that you can do as well. That you will speak not of your own power, but by, own, by His power. Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit will you move. Amen? By the Spirit, not your ability. Not if I, I, I need a degree. I need to be under the mentorship of pastor. I need to do this. I need to have at least five ministries before I can do everything the pastor. No, 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 no. As the Spirit 
And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, yes, it's easier for you to say, yes, Lord. Why? Because your life is a life of prayer. Where did that come from, Pastor? That life of prayer. You know why? Because when you're baptized in the Spirit, that's when the speaking tongues, that's what the Holy Spirit gives you, that speaking, that speaking in tongues. And now you can pray in tongues. And when you pray in tongues, you can constantly pray throughout the day in the Spirit. And the more, the more prayed up you are, the more powerful you become. The less prayer, the less word you have, you cannot defeat the devil. You cannot defeat your, You cannot defeat the devices or the, the weakness you have. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer and the word, you are a dynamite. Can you hear me live stream? Amen. And the reason why I took part one and part two, two Sundays before this, to talk about the speaking in tongues is because, you know what? Sometimes people don't want the baptism because they're afraid of the tongues. You know, that's why I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about the praying in tongues. So that now they would be convinced that now they'll be excited to receive the baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And if you haven't, if you're still afraid, go back and watch this, the two last Sundays why, why I talked about them speaking in tongues. Some are afraid. They're convinced. Some are convinced that speaking in tongues, this praying in tongues, is the evidence that you're baptized. But now they don't want the baptism because they're afraid of the tongues. That's why I talked at length about praying in tongues. The praying tongues does not come from here. It comes from here. From here. What do you mean, Pastor? Am I going to vomit it out? Is, is my, my jaw going to lock up and I can't control myself? And that's when the Holy Spirit takes over my tongue and I have to wait for that locking of the jaw? No, my friend. No. No. It means to say, your mind continues to worship God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I love you, God. But now, just like a little child, obedient child, Lord, Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And then after that, the Holy Spirit, majority of the time, is going to give you a sensation of just this good, this, this whatever feeling that is. I'm, I'm not going to say one because then you might focus on that. There are so many sorts of feelings that you might experience. But that's saying, that's giving you exci excitement, saying, okay, here we go, Lord. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to allow you to speak through me. And then there you go. And then if you want a little boost on yourself, say, oh, here we go, Lord. I'm going to speak in tongues now and allow you, Holy Spirit, to speak. And once it comes out, it can be with just one syllable. Yeah, but it's when you keep practicing it, just keep saying it, that God sees now your faith. And he continues to add more syllables. He's the one that's going to twist your tongue so that uh, verses will... Uh, languages will come out of your tongue. 
Now, I think someone texted me that there's, what, 6,500 languages? Okay. Existent today, but I think there's more languages that are now non-existent that died off. What I'm saying is this, unless you're an expert in all 6,500 languages, then you have no, uh, there's just no, you, you, you can't judge that what you're com- what's coming out of your mouth is not uh, a language of human beings. And then there's the heavenly language. What about if God chooses the heavenly language to come through your lips, through your tongue? That's a language you never know. I never heard. But the key here is the tongue needs to be sanctified. That's why God chose the foolish things of the world to shame even intellect. If you're too intellectual, too analyzing of everything, you will not receive the baptism because you're gonna. The devil is gonna say, "Ooh, is that really you, or is that the Holy Spirit? You, you sound funny. You better not speak. You might be saying something. You might be cursing God. You know, you. And then now you're you're you're, in, you're analyzing too much. And you know what? You just say, "Shut up, Jesus, uh, devil. Shut up in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, now speak through me. Amen." There's one more verse, and then we will seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'd like the worship team to come here, and after that, we'd like to uh, uh, sing that the last song again. Come, Holy Spirit. But look in, uh, go to Luke one more time. Uh, open your Bibles with me, okay? Luke is after Genesis, okay? Why don't you look, go, go there? Okay. Yeah. Let's see if you know your Bible. Okay, Genesis, Exodus, Luke. Okay, let's see. Okay, yeah, okay, it's after Habakkuk. It's Habakkuk. No, it's after Luke, Matthew, Mark, after Mark. Luke 11. Verse 11. Well, let's start in verse 9. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Okay, look at this. It says here in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. See, when you ask, you will receive. He who sits, seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Now, look at this. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will, be, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil as human fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So when you're asking the Holy Spirit this morning, do you think God is going to give you a demon, a demon that He's going to possess your lips? No. Then you have insulted the power of God and you have insulted and questioned this, this verse. If God... 
if you who are a human father who is evil will give good gifts to your to your child, what more me when you ask the Holy Spirit? I will give that Holy Spirit to you. Now we are going to ask the Holy Spirit to come in our lives. All right? Jesus is going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. All right? And this is the gift of the Father.